0: on local now channel 525 the views and opinions expressed by rob black and his guests are not necessarily those of kdow or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision
1: i'm rob black talking money investing in more thanks for listening to the show mama always said never catch a full knife I think I'm the only person who hated Forrest Gump. Then again, I've always... Mom
0: it. says it's stupid wrong. as a stupid doers.
1: Yay! My millennial producer hit a button. Um, finally. <laughs> finally, we have some action in the show. The pins are starting to move. Will the final one drop? Maybe. Uh, Mama always said, never catch to fall a knife. And uh, kind of what I want to get out at that right now is NVIDIA. I've wanted to own shares of NVIDIA for years, watching it go higher and higher and higher. It was trolling me. I grew up playing video games, right? And putting together PCs uh, was my thing because I was able to build them way cheaper than other people. And I made a little bit of money putting together PCs for other people. I know a guy who did it in college. Um, He put together bunk beds or what are they called when you... Oh, put together lofts. So the summer job was, was doing all that. And then when school would start, all the freshmen would say, hey, I, I need a loft. And Boom, boom, boom. But anyway, mine was video games. And NVIDIA makes the most powerful GPU. And there was a point in time where AMD, they would kind of up each other. Uh, one up each other, not up each other. I Sometimes my head just doesn't work. But I've been wanting to own that stock. and If you look at it in the last five years, you're like, holy, whoa. Right? It's been a glorious run. But they fell apart because of China and Donald Trump and tariffs and maybe, maybe we just got too excited about super data centers and cars driving themselves and, you know, me coming on air and saying, I really want to own NVIDIA. I don't own NVIDIA. I tell you when I own a stock. Um, NVIDIA, part of the video games, like if you ever played the Xbox You play one of those driving games? And you're like, wow, that car just blew right by me. How did he not run into my back end? It, Graphic processing's pretty darn cool. But when you have a slowdown on hypergrowth, growth, I, I, I look at I like growth, right? I'm a growth guy. Some guys like brunette's I like growth. Nyack, 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 nyack. Oh a wise guy. Um, Nvidia shares have fallen. Gaming's about fifty four percent of their sales, data centers about twenty five percent. So get out the abacus and we're at seventy nine percent. One area where they have growth of the consumer market is China. And we've been talking recently about how China's GDP is starting to slow for the first time since 1990. It's slowing quickly. So gross margins look under pressure right now. And I've always wanted to own NVIDIA. And I'm going to try to get this, this segment over. It's on my shopping list. It fell. Now I kind of want it to shake out a bit. There's four stages of lifestyle, life cycle of a company, Right. There's hyper growth. When I was young, not many people had GPUs. Intel kind of threw a bone and would, you know, let you do a little bit of it. But they were never as good as AMD or or NVIDIA. So now you're starting to see it go from hyper growth, maybe to growth. You know, Intel pays a dividend because in the 1990s, they didn't. They were in hyper growth mode. Everyone's like, what's a PC? Whoa, an 8086. And Intel Pentium, Pentium 2, Pentium 3, Pentium 4. Now they got these I numbers, and they're just calling them like the eighth generation of the I-9 or something like that. See, I used to know in the 90s when it was hypergrowth and I cared. Now they're like, we'll give you a dividend, old man, Black. I'm like, I don't want your dividend. So there's hypergrowth, there's growth, there's growth in income, and then there's income. For years and years and years and years, PG&E and utilities were income stocks, right? AT&T was an income stock because everyone had a phone. And then we came up with something called cell phones. I'm like, woohoo! And do you remember we used to pay per text? And you get like 100 texts a month or something like that? And you'd be like, why did someone just text me? And now you can text as much as you want. And we used to pay per minute. And you get 300 minutes of cell phones. And the millennials are listening, like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, paying per minute. 300 minutes a month, plan.
0: Right? Yes. Good.
1: Right? Now I've lost my train of thought, but Nvidia is going from hypergrowth to growth. And like I was saying, like there used to be companies like AT and T and PG and E who we saw very particularly as income. There's four types of stocks: income, growth, and income, growth, and hypergrowth. You pay more of a premium in risk. You take on more risk with hypergrowth, and that's what happened with Nvidia. You took on a lot of risk, and when their shares broke, they broke hard. Again, I want to own it, so I'm looking for a way in, but I probably will missed its hyper-growth phase. Maybe I'll just have to settle for growth. If it goes to $100 a share, I'm in. It's at 135 right now. I know you're saying, man, you're, you're greedy. No, no, I like managing my downside risk. And to me, it's still a little bit too early, and what if one bad quarter becomes two? California doesn't have a lot of cockroaches. I know you're saying, where are you going with this, Rob? On the East Coast, I once went to... South Carolina and I swear to you I got out of my car to pump some gas and a big bird flew at me and ran in my face and I knocked it down only to discover it wasn't a bird, it was a flying cockroach. And Mama always said if you see one cockroach, there's hundreds. Mama says stupid is
0: as stupid voice.
1: Thank you, Forrest, for adding to the show. Chewbacca never gave me advice on stocks. He always gave me advice on the ladies. Thank you, Chewie. Thank you, Chewie. Mr. T, he's got an opinion on gold. So he's my go-to. Oh, okay, he's in a bad mood today. But you get the idea. Um, hyper growth, growth. Growth and income, income. Uh, company I, I is on my shopping list? Visa or MasterCard? I like them both. I think that's the way the world's going more swipes right and try as we might we can't totally push these guys out of business we can't totally regulate them they're good companies I like them both isn't that funny It's. let me go back to my dating days when I was a young man and be like you just meet the, 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 the nerdy girl who how shall we say is into you and she likes you and when she smiles it makes you smile and then the hot, mean, cruel cheerleader comes by and she, she's into me because I'm really good at English and she wants me to write her English paper, right? I like them both. I can't choose. Well, right? <laughs> and the point being is, that's okay sometimes. I like both MasterCard and Visa. I don't choose a Visa. Um, what else is there to talk about today? PG&E PGE's filed for bankruptcy. Wah, wah. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. They're going to get bailed out, but at what level? I don't touch that kind of stuff with a 10-foot pole. I don't like drama. I save the drama for learning the llama. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Replay at 7.
0: We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. The Prince of Privacy.
1: Where's he going with this one, right? Apple has had to disable FaceTime and rush to get a, a bug fix. Apple has no problem going after companies for privacy issues and then we learned that they have a problem themselves with privacy and it's pretty easy to activate it you can make a facetime call you can add yourself to the group and then you can listen to the other person's phone and that ain't good it's not clear how long the facetime bug has been out in the wild but a teenager was able to discover the bug last week and it's it's a major privacy flaw and it's kind of embarrassing it's pie on the face so to speak now Sometimes you take a pie in the face, sometimes you're hip deep in pie, and I love pie, but in this case this is actually a pie in the face. And it's not a good one per se. So Apple's in the news on that story. PG and E is in the news on bankruptcy issues. I looked they've got seventy one point four billion in assets, fifty one point seven billion in total debts. A lot of people are asking a lot of questions about and Is my pension safe? Pensions typically are, unless you add it all in PGE stock, and then you're down seventy to eighty percent this year. And that's an issue. <laughs> So the FaceTime bug back to that, will this sink the company? Probably not. But the Prince of Privacy, you know, the we're better than everyone else, shtick needs to end. And um, it's disabling. It's, 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 I don't know. It's kind of what, do you remember, this is fascinating to remember, back in the 1990s, companies were able to come out with press releases and the stock would move up 5 to 10%. It would be literally things like, we have 1 million people on AOL, we have got 1.5 million It would move the stock. So this kind of headline would have sank Apple years and years ago, but not so much today. Um, But it's not good either. So it's bad PR, especially when you're going out there and knocking other people for their roles and privacy issues. So I don't talk a lot of commodities on this show, and commodities have pretty high commissions to buy and sell. You can go out and buy an exchange-traded fund, get a hard assets fund. But I I think sometimes people get in over their head, and you should always try to keep it a little bit on the simpler side. Tesla's in the news today because they borrowed money, and it's time to pay it back, and they wanted to pay it back on March 1 with stock and cash, but now it looks like it's just going to be the cash. Clock's ticking for Elon Musk. It's got a $920 million um, issue stock needs to hit 360, it would have to rise 20% to avoid the painful conversion. So do you remember um, 360 is a pretty magical number? And then that's kind of the area where Elon Musk started getting into trouble, where he was tweeting just odd stuff. And he said, yeah, we, we have private equity getting ready to take us private at $420 a share. And you're like, 420 Are you trying to impress a girl that you know the code for marijuana? Yes, that's it. How did you know? And then it turns out the SEC looked into it, and there there is no private equity company trying to take the company private. Um, Tesla had about three billion dollars in cash and equivalents, which would be more than sufficient to cover the nine hundred twenty million in principal plus one point one million in interest. He plans to pay off the debt rather than finance it, says. But now you are starting to get to the point where they got three billion dollars of cash. They need to stop burning cash. They've had quarters where they, they lost three billion dollars. So they have the cash, but people would have rather them convert it. So that's when you could ride on the credit of your stock price, that's good living. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Taking a look at some of the top stories of the day is more disappointing guidance, is probably the top story disappointing guidance. Isn't that a funny one? Um, It's starting to take its toll, I believe. The government shutdown and trade war with China. Um, And I think the psychology. In the first hour, we talked a lot about the behavioral finance issues. And Americans think right now America's on the wrong track. The country's on the wrong track after the shutdown. Majority Americans are discouraged about the state of the country. Just over 60% of respondents to a recent survey said that they believe the country is on the wrong track, 60%, and 70% in that same survey said they feel negative about the current state. So not only are we on the wrong track, but the current state doesn't look good either. So, and I think the government shutdown ultimately got people very, very tired. Speaking of tired, let's talk home prices. Home prices moved up, but they're slowing quickly. We get the Case-Shiller Home Price Index once a month, and I like it because it compares actual homes to homes. Um, It doesn't blend. Home price growth just kept slowing as housing had weight and gathered late last year. So when you take a look at the Case Shiller report covering the three months ending in November, it missed the consensus forecast pretty aggressively. Sometimes you're talking about one percentage point. So it's kind of tough to like really get in there and fight for it. Um, but like Chicago and Cleveland were down on a month-by-month basis, as was Denver and Detroit. Los Angeles down in home prices. So you don't have to overbid right now. Let's see what San Francisco was. Down. Um, do I have any? I don't have San Jose and I don't have Oakland, so it's San Francisco got a lump them all together. Washington was flat, but the big winner, again, Las Vegas. woo it was essentially flat on a month to month basis. Flat, sideways sometimes isn't down. And it's not up, but it's not down, so that's out there. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Harley Davidson getting a, a mean downgrade today. Put your $8 sign, dollar sign on some class. That used to be their thing, and sales just aren't there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
0: Where investors rule. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the
1: podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM
0: 1220 KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money investing and more. Turn to me now like he does every Tuesday at this time. Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
2: Good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay. A little bit cold here in Chicago, but surviving.
1: Yeah, you got that polar vortex thing going on. How's that feel, being outside?
2: (laughs) I have felt uh, better days, we'll put it that way.
1: (laughs) It's uh, 50 and balmy here, but not rubbing it in, not rubbing it in, because we could use the rain and the water. Um, Off topic, let's get back to investments. Um, January looks like it's coming to an end. How do you feel looking back at the start of the year? The first month is it going to tell us a good year or too tough to tell at this point?
2: Yeah, I don't. I think it is too tough to tell. I know probably there will a lot be made of the of the January barometer. Um, you know, or in terms of you know how how January goes, typically the year goes. Um, obviously, that was proven wrong last year, but um, but I think what's unfolded here in January. Um, is not surprising in some respects just given how deeply oversold the market got toward the end of 2018. And so you kind of almost had this you know, like this coiled spring ready to pop and on a um, on an oversold uh, market and and you got that and you know and it coincided with the arrival of some economic data and some commentary out of the fed uh, and even some earnings results that just you know weren 't as uh, as dour sounding as as the market was making them out to be in two thousand and eighteen um Now, that's not to say things are are great. Uh, It's just that the market, I think, has recalibrated here uh, to account for the fact that things are not also as bad as they were feared to be. And so now we're, you know, in this, um, you know, new trading zone, I guess, if you will. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise us if, you know, we see some type of, you know, consolidation period here uh, with a little bit of a downside bias, perhaps, as more data and more earnings guidance comes in that kind of reinforces that view that um that things are slowing down you know and and you know coincidentally we had that combination this morning really with the consumer confidence number with the uh case shiller home price index uh showing a deceleration in home prices and then uh and then a number of companies out with some earnings guidance that was uh, certainly on the cautious side of things
1: Speaking of earnings season and guidance, it seems to be from reading your page one column, which I start every day with, it seems that some of the guidance has been on the the light side for sure. So some of the China problems are being blamed, The China trade issues with Donald Trump and the tariffs. Um, Is that fair to say that that the, the tariffs in China have become kind of a sub story or a story in the earnings season this year?
2: Uh, you know, it is fair to say, Rob, and I, you know, I don't know if, if uh, I think tariffs is still kind of that asterisk, but but China is is, is not. I mean, China is clearly slowing down, and, and you are, you know, hearing more companies just talk about general economic conditions in China being weaker, than you know, creating weaker than expected demand, and that's you know likely would have been heard irrespective of the tariff measures that have been been enacted, and so not you know you're hearing a little bit of. Peripheral commentary about uh, companies being concerned about these tariff measures, but in, in general, you know, strikes us more as this is just a, a, an economic factor that's that's entering into the mix here, and, um, and uh, you know, and it's something to be watched. I mean, you heard it out of Caterpillar and Nvidia yesterday, um, you know, 3M this morning, uh, talking about you know things slowing down in China. So um, it, it's not to be dismissed, you know. Only because you know China you know, is the second largest economy in the world, and so um, so you do have to respect that element. And um, um, but but overall, yeah, earnings guidance has uh, I think is you know what I was alluding to earlier. You know, the companies aren't necessarily pounding the table uh, on the 2019 earnings outlook, and it's enough to I think give this market a little bit of cause for pause here to kind of let things settle. Uh, down and and just see you know um, whether whether the market has justification to continue this breakout effort or if it's going to be uh, shown to have some justification to roll prices back just because it's getting you know a little bit too ahead of itself perhaps in in terms of its optimism about the economy and and what 2019 will bring.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, government shutdowns. Shutdown is over for at least three weeks. Um, does that give the market a little bit of room to run, or is it going to be a concern? Is it weight taken off the market, or is it weight that could be put right back on? It's I can't I can't figure it out.
2: Yeah, it, and it's one of those crazy factors, Rob, and it was hard to figure okay. out. You know, um, obviously, it didn't deter the stock market uh, in, in the thrust of everything. Right? I mean, you had all of the. Yeah, you know, a lot of the negative press coverage, uh, which was which was honest press coverage, it was just you know was obviously negative because there are real concerns and issues surrounding real people, um, you know, related to that shutdown. And um, but the stock market just kept on climbing, you know, uh, through it all. And you know, the market does not like un- uncertainty. But you know, I think that its ability to kind of shake things off in January as that shutdown was unfolding was uh, rooted in large part on the. Uh, recognition that that it had the Fed by its side, too. You know, um, the Fed was sounding more dovish-minded, and that obviously serves as a nice placating factor for the equity market. But, uh, but I also think it was wrapped up in this idea that there would be some type of resolution. There always is to a government shutdown. Um, but... The the issue that I think the market, if it's going to get grounded again, and really worrying about what's you know the politics of Washington D.C. and and budget matters and, and things like that, would would likely be availing itself in coming weeks and months uh, if this partisan standoff, you know, raises questions about the ability to, you know, reach some type of compromise on raising the debt ceiling without uh, having all these bargaining chips hold, you know, held over the, the head of that a very important issue. And uh, that's not in the mix yet, but it's something that I think is, you know, going to be uh, in the back of the market's mind if if we get into another shutdown situation.
1: It's, it's out there, right? It's one of those things. It is out now there. Now we're starting to move. Um, it is out there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my. This is a market that's just, I want to focus on earnings, and I'm thrilled that we're in earnings season, like Apple today is going to report numbers. and um, I listen to a lot of conference calls, and I highly encourage others to listen to conference calls. Are you the type of analyst that will listen to conference calls, or are you, you more big-picture than say micro
2: well i'm 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 more of a macro oriented uh you know top-down uh analyst um you know we do have analysts at briefing.com who who are certainly listening to these important conference calls we'll have someone on the call for apple today as well but um you know but i look at it you know interestingly from uh just those big picture takeaways when, when you have a you know one of the world's largest companies by market capitalization you know selling into a market that i believe represents close to 20% of sales um, you want to hear what apple's going to be saying about demand in china i mean we already heard the warning the revenue warning from from apple that was linked to the slowdown in china but uh, but like anything else for a forward looking market you know everyone's waiting to hear that you know that next level of guidance you know how this year might unfold and what apple's seen relative to uh, to the chinese economy uh, so it's going to be an important report, and I think it'll be important for market sentiment, certainly, just because the issues surrounding Apple seem to be very well known at this point in terms of why the stock is cratered like it has. And so it'll be interesting to hear and see how the market reacts to, uh, to what we hear out of Apple tonight.
1: So just taking a look at your page one, starting my day each and every day with it, um, it's pretty thorough, it's a pretty long list of, of, of issues to think about. The one that kind of throws me for a loop is PG&E filing for bankruptcy because not so long ago it was considered a safe stock, or utilities were a safe stock, but things changed in the 90s with solar panels and the, the planet seems to be heating up and there's more fires. Are there any safe places to hide, in your opinion, as far as investing goes, other than U.S. Treasuries, which yield almost nothing?
2: Yeah, I was going to jokingly say cash, but um, you know, be... Um, uh, You know, Rob, I think probably... uh, it, you know, it all depends on kind of what, you know what someone's time horizon is. You know, there's, there are places to hide. You know, you have these kind of companies with fortress balance sheets. Either you look at say like a J.P. Morgan, right? They're not going out of business, but that doesn't mean that the stock will necessarily do well, as the market has concerns about the yield curve and uh, and loan growth. Um, so, if you have a shorter term time horizon, you might be looking at some capital depreciation there, but your your investment will be safe. Uh, but you have to have a longer term outlook. So, kind of really just depends on. You know, that time horizon and what one's risk tolerances are. But, you know, PG&E is certainly a very unique situation, um, and uh, it's running afoul of that normal perspective that utilities are a fairly safe place to be.
1: Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. One last thing that I should have asked him was, what's your prediction on the Federal Open Market Committee? Because they've just started a two-day meeting today many think that now is the time for them to pause and reflect but we'll see we wait and we will see you can find me online at robloxshow.com you can find briefing at briefing.com briefing.com it's a great source of international and national news tied towards the stock market but on top of it it's all about the economies the dollar inflation there's so much information there they've got an earnings calendar So you can take a look at who is getting the love and not, who's beating expectations. The way they set up their columns is pretty nice. Um, So that's out there. Briefing.com. That's briefing.com. And they also do a really nice job tracking IPOs. They've got some technical traders there, Um, technicians. They have some growth stock ideas. Check it out. Briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Home price growth slowed in November. Ooh, how will we do it? We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. It's Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black.
0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: I learned something kind of interesting recently that some smart television companies are using the information of the shows that you're watching and selling it to advertisers. And what was fantastic about it was CEO of this television company said, we wouldn't be able to sell it to you so cheaply. It would cost a lot more if we weren't making money on the side. Now, Apple gets into trouble today because FaceTime has a bug in it that lets people eavesdrop on your iPhone or Mac without your knowledge. Um, now, they've, they've squashed the bug, they say. They're doing everything that they can to, you know, people say, disable your FaceTime. All you need to do is start a FaceTime call, swipe up to add a person, and enter your own phone number. This will create a group FaceTime call and automatically answer the call for the person on the other end. Both the caller and the original recipient will be able to hear one another, or if the caller is quiet, I could eavesdrop on you. That doesn't freak me out. Uh, You know, again, this is the best part about this story. Back in 1990s, I'm doing a, uh, late 90s, I'm doing a, a broadcast on CNET, and it was I go, who's the idiots that would open up the Anna Kornikova email? There's a nude picture of Anna Kornikova in your email, and people click on it, and they got a virus, right? The next day, I got a virus, and my computer went down. And I, I, was, I was laughing at those people. Now, Apple's had this little problem where they've been laughing at some people, like FaceTime, uh, like Facebook. Facebook, FaceTime, too close to each other. Um, and karma's kind of coming back to get them. And a teenager discovered the bug. Start a FaceTime video call. While it's still ringing, swipe up from the bottom of the screen and click Add Person. Add your own phone number to the call. And now you'll be able to hear the microphone from the other device, even if the owner isn't anywhere near his phone. So that doesn't freak me out for some reason. I can live with it. I'm okay with that. Um, but I don't know if that's really what you want to hear. NVIDIA is so out of fashion right now, out of favor. It's, it's worthy of note that sometimes companies, when they announce bad things, they get beat up pretty hard. But usually there's a second leg down. Typically it isn't all solved in one. It's, and there, a lot of people want to buy right now. Buy when you can, not when you have to, right? Howard Schultz is talking. And, and um, I've always liked Howard Schultz. It was a company that I wanted to invest in. It was a cream of the crop kind of company. It was a, an iconic name. And he's a billionaire. for coming up with the Starbucks concept, right? He says the millionaire former starbucks ceo says he could never run for president as a democrat because the party has moved too far left he said if i ran as a democrat i'd have to say things that i know in my heart i do not believe and i have to and i can't be disingenuous that's awesome when a guy guy knows who he is it's like jimmy carter once said he lusted in his heart for uh was it cheryl teague or something cheryl somebody right and uh, you're a married man. You're the president of the United States. You're not supposed to say those kind of things. But it was kind of refreshing that he did. Schultz says the nation cannot afford the priorities of the far-left Democrats, including full government-paid health insurance and college tuition. And you know there's that new congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? And she's talking about a 70% marginal tax hitting the wealth. And he's coming out right now and saying, not going to happen. So Schultz cited her idea as one of the reasons he could never run for president. He believes the party's moved too far to the left. We, it, there's no fix here. Capitalism is messy, and our country's gotten bigger and bigger. And as we have, we're, we're killing the middle class with capitalism. But socialism isn't exactly the answer either. Go back to, you know, uh, take a look at China's socialism and the USSR. Uh, you can't give everyone something for free, but then again, college costs are out of control, and hospital costs are out of control. Don't you wish there was one flat cost to go to college? And I know you're saying, now you're starting to dream, Rob. Now you're starting to sound wacky. And I know, because that's not Stanford's different than, than UC Davis. Don't you wish there was one cost? Your kid breaks his, his leg, and you go, well, that just cost us $400. But you don't know. That's the weirdest part about hospitals. You go in... Maybe you you wheel in your pregnant wife, and you've got her, and you're like, I wonder how much this is all going to (laughs) cost, because you're signing paper after paper after paper. And you don't know. Um, And then you get insurance, and you're like, health insurance didn't cover this kind of stuff. And then you learn health insurance doesn't really cover all that much. Brush your teeth. That's one thing I'll say. Bad teeth are expensive to fix. (laughs) Just because you have 32 doesn't mean you lose more than one or two, in my opinion. I know you're saying, you just offended a lot of people with no teeth, Rob. You need to go see your, your manager. <laughs> so Schultz is out there, and he's a genuinely, I think, a pretty nice guy. He's, you know, he started college programs for the baristas at Starbucks. He started management programs for the baristas at Starbucks. Um, and I know you're saying he sells expensive coffee, and he does. He expressed his may at the direction the country's going in, and he said something that I, it, it shocks you when you hear this. And I love being shocked, right? He said Trump is too insecure. And I, I stopped and thought about it. I was like, you really want to call that guy insecure? The, the guy, the crazy guy on Twitter? I don't think you do. Now, Democrats are begging Schultz not to run because they don't want it to turn out like Ross Perot in 1992. Where Perot won nearly 19% of the popular vote and basically got George H.W. Bush elected. Um... So, George H.W. Bush and Democratic challenger Bill Clinton, the enthusiasm around pro was blamed for giving the presidency to Clinton. That's what I meant to say. So, lots going on in 2019. We're starting to get into the political season for 2020, right? Ugh. Didn't we just go through an election cycle? <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. And again, when I say capitalism is killing the middle class, I'm seeing it. I'm Rob Black.